cast for magic. We come to the Pope on Film podcast to laugh, to cry, to care, because we need that. All of us. That indescribable feeling we get, which I'm describing literally right now. So how describable are we talking about here? That indescribable feeling we get when the Liz a Day theme song begins to play and we go somewhere we've never been before. Not just entertained, but somehow reborn. <laughs> Dazzling images on a small Twitch stream, stream, sound that is sound. Somehow, Amaland horse erotica feels good in a podcast like this. Bunny Williams feels like the stoned parts of us, and Mei Lin feels perfect and powerful, because here, they are. The Pope on Film Podcast. We make movies better. Bunny Williams, and with me is Hell's a Poppin. <laughs> oh, Satan's on a tear now. Hell's a Poppin. I am the Pope in question. My name is May Lynn. I am the founder of the Church of Ed Wood, which is an actual thing worth a Google. It is episode 472 of the podcast, and let me explain to you what's happening right now. Right now, throughout America, Throughout America, there are uh, houses where people are putting out their uh, trays for the big game, putting out their drinks for the big game, getting some food on the grill. But then they're like, oh, no. Hey, everybody. Did you hear? Bunny and Mei Lin are finally going to be talking about Olsen and Johnson. The hell's a poppin', boys? And they're picking up their TVs and they're throwing them through their windows. Because who cares about the game? Who cares about the game when they could be learning about hell's a pop That's right. Hell's a pop and Very excited. Very excited for this episode. Super Bowl Schmooper Bowl. But this is episode 472. 
of the podcast, and it is time once again for us to open up the big show, uh, to open up this cavalcade of crap with the opening segment that is sweeping the nation, or at least sweeping this house. It's Jeff, a.k.a. the Betty White Memorial Podcast segment brought to you by Raid Shadow Legends Dallas today. And this one won't be 100% huge. This whole show won't be 100% huge. Because honestly, I've just been sort of laser focused on kickstarting my tour. Yes. My 2024 tour, sponsored in part by Spite. And uh, it kicked off last night in a really big way. But before we get to any of that, uh, let's start this, Jeff. First off, Bunny, uh, did you know that today is actually, um, hold on, what is it called? Okay, the Super Bowl. Did you know that? Are you sure you're pronouncing that right? I know, I am not. It might be the Super Bowl. Like like a like for like a dog, superb owl. Yeah, uh, it, apparently it's happening today. They really should promote that more, you know. Yeah. And Maybe what, what is it? Is it like some kind of concert or something? As far as I can tell, it's the WrestleMania of football. Uh, oh, they, I don't know. They play in Europe. I legit forgot about it. Yeah. I it's just not for me. I don't know who is performing at halftime, but I remember hearing who it was on the radio and thinking, oh wow, that's gonna be a really successful Super Bowl halftime show in like nineteen ninety-five. But yeah. I'm not entirely sure about twenty twenty-four, but I but then I've forgotten who it was, and all I know is whoever is doing the Super Bowl halftime show should have done it in 94. I don't yeah. know who it is. Uh, somebody like Men Without Hats or something like that. No, that would be 84. Oh, true. No, it's it's like some some rapper I haven't heard or cared about for a very long time, like a Drake or Usher or I don't know LMFAO Macklemore some 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 like rap hip hop act that I haven't cared about for a very long time. Uh, now I know who is. Um, I know which teams are playing, but I only know which teams are playing because uh, I had a big show last night and. A bunch of the drag queens and the drag kings and the AFABs were talking about the game today. Okay. And they said, oh, yeah. So it's it's the 49ers, San Francisco? The San Francisco 49ers versus the Taylor Swifts. Yeah. So I have already seen a number of people on my social media feeds who have never been into fucking football, suddenly donning NFL apparel that they have never worn before. Really? I am already seeing that. 
and that is a bit surprising. Uh, uh, give me just one second. Amber, welcome back! In the middle of Jeff, did you have fun? Where did you get me? Ah, you don't know? Uh, Amber spent the weekend with her boyfriend in Tejas. Uh-huh. I believe it's a state somewhere. I don't think it's that big. Uh, I've been to Super Bowl parties before. Yeah. And uh, nothing compares to when I saw the Super Bowl. I went to a huge party in, in February of 2022. I went to a huge Super Bowl party. All of these dudes there, we had a huge spread. It was great. It was crazy. <laughs> but like I I just I just don't care anymore. I remember in 2019 really caring about the Super Bowl only really? because so many movie trailers premiered. Yeah. So I was so into movies and going to the theater and seeing three movies a week in 2019 that I watched the Super Bowl just to see what new movie previews were out. And I was a bit tempted this year to watch the Super Bowl only because um, they're going to be premiering the first trailer for Ty West's new horror film, Maxine. M-A-X-X-X-I-N-E. It's the third movie in his X trilogy. Did you ever see X or Pearl Bunny? I... I no, but I mean to. They are fucking wonderful. I like, I saw X and I'm like, oh, okay. This is basically just Texas Chainsaw Massacre, but with porn. And it's pretty good. But then when I saw Pearl, that made me love X even more. And now I can't wait for Maxine. The preview's premiering during the Super Bowl. But um, I was a wee bit tempted because of that. But fuck it. I'll just go see it on YouTube. But here's the question, Bunny. I have a question for you. Okay. What could the Super Bowl do to win over your viewership? If they don't get the ball into the end zone in a certain amount of time, the football explodes. Ooh. I my mind I immediately went to some my mind immediately went to some battle royale type shit. Yeah. Yeah, that like you have like 10 minutes to score a touchdown or else like a random player's helmet will explode. Yeah. Something like that. Like, ooh, I could absolutely see that. Or how about this? Like, um, um, you get two teams fighting against each other at the Super Bowl. But here's the twist. Um, one team is filled with clones of the other team. Oh, okay. So that way, they're evenly matched. Yeah. You see how that works? I could absolutely see that as being a film starring James Caan in the 70s. Yes. Pre-Godfather. Pre-Godfather. More around the rollerball time. <laughs> Meanwhile, back at the ranch, I can't wait for that damn orange rapist, Donnie Trump, 
to disappear for fucking ever. Yes. I am sick of him just moving into my brain. Okay, I, I'm, I'm it, it, being on everyone's TV sets. He's everywhere. The damn media has not learned its lesson because that pumpkin face liar is everywhere. And the media, every media outlet is still treating every syllable that he says as a top story. And number one, it pisses me off that Donald Trump is only 30 months younger than Joe Biden. And Donald Trump is constantly slurring his words. He's constantly mispronouncing shit. He's constantly forgetting what city he's in, what people's names are, mispronouncing everything. He is an old senile man that is 1,000% unfit for office, unfit for anything. But Joe Biden says, like, one thing wrong in its front page news for a whole fucking week. Uh, like, if, if... Yeah, no. <laughs> Like if Donald Trump Joe Biden fucks up way more than that. We are literally having an election trying to determine which one is the least mentally impaired. Yeah, and that upsets me, but it upsets me at the fact that like the media is focusing so much on Joe Biden fucking up, but if Donald Trump had a stroke in the middle of one of his rallies or speeches, how would we fucking know? Yeah. You know, because, oh, is he slurring his words? He's always slurring his words. Yeah. You know, he is the living embodiment of that fucking line that Martin Landau says in Ed Wood. There's no such thing as bad press, Eddie. Yeah. You know, he's just, that's Trump right now. The same man who rigged the 2016 election and was all over the media and the news saying, you can't vote for a person who is under federal investigation. A person who is under federal investigation should not be running for president and got yeah. people to not vote for Hillary because she was under investigation. That same man is now constantly under federal investigation. Yes. And that really pisses me off. How the hell does this guy have followers? All he does nowadays is just whine and complain about shit, and it's just upsetting to me. This is his legal argument. This is his legal argument right here. Um, what Joe Biden is doing to me is illegal and Joe Biden and all the Democrats, Joe Biden and Barack Obama and all the Democrats should be arrested, especially the president, Joe Biden, he should be arrested, but also, um, presidents should not be arrested. Yeah. Because the yeah. presidents should be allowed to do whatever they want. And they shouldn't be arrested. Now, you should arrest Joe Biden and Barack Obama and basically every Democratic president. Uh, Bill Clinton, that one I wouldn't mind. Uh, arrest every Democratic president. But also, it should be illegal to arrest presidents. Yeah. Uh -huh. And uh, I didn't do anything wrong. Yeah, I didn't do any. I didn't do anything wrong. But if I did, I should have immunity. I should have one hundred percent immunity for anything illegal that I did, which is nothing. Mm -hmm. But I shouldn't be arrested because you can't arrest presidents. But also, when are we going to arrest Joe Biden, that bastard? Like that makes no fucking sense. That is ridiculous, and it pisses me off. But here's the more important thing. 
Dana Carvey just followed me on Twitter. Really? Yeah. Isn't that fucking weird? Wow. I don't know why, Dana. It, it's the Dana Carvey. It's at Dana Carvey. He's got like half a million Twitter followers. He's had it since like 2010. His, he start his, his website's Wayne? there. It's fucking Dana Carvey. And he follows me on Twitter. I'm yeah. so confused by that. Okay. Well, yeah. Hey, Dana. He's probably only following me on Twitter because he knows how much of a huge master of disguise fan I am. Yes. <laughs> I'm the one in America who's the huge uh, master of disguise fan. I, I just love the fact that they filmed the turtle scene for Master of Disguise on 9-11. Oh my god, did you hear what happened? Oh, they took down both of the Twin Towers and they attacked the Pentagon. Oh, that's so horrible. Okay, so let's film the turtle scene. Yeah. Be, be funny now. That is That is torture. I feel bad for Data. Wasn't Data in that? He was the bad guy, right? Was Brent he? Spiner. I don't know if I. I don't think I've ever actually seen it, or if I've just seen clips. I've seen it. It's it's about as good as Rock of Ages. There we go. What? It is up my nose. Ah! Beast! What happened? Scary! You're scaring me, Bunny. <laughs> the dogs have freaked out. Probably because I screamed. You scared the crap out of me, Bunny. Speaking of you, Bunny, uh, so uh, if I remember the last episode, you had a doctor's appointment. Now, previously on this podcast, we have discussed your illness in a very tear-jerking opener, for which we want a Pulitzer Prize for. So how are you doing? How's your health? Are you doing okay? And can you answer in a way that is both tear-jerking and award-winning? Oh, uh oh tear-jerking and award-winning. Yes. Well, it was uh, it, it was pretty much two weeks of extreme panic, a week and a half okay. of, of extreme panic, because uh, doctors like panicking you over shit. Uh. So, so I, I, I've been having a lot of stomach troubles. I, I've been sick since New Year's. I've been having a lot of hard time eating. I've been throwing up a lot and things like that. And by the time we get around to a doctor's appointment, that's pretty much over now. You know what nah. I mean? Like, yeah. like, I mean, after a whole fucking month of being sick, you get a doctor's appointment and you start getting better. I hate that. I hate that so much. But I hadn't been into the office to actually see him physically in quite a while. Uh, so there were other things to check on and things like that. And, and I had mentioned that I had this lump on the side of my face, which I've, I've had for a while now and haven't really thought much about. Because I thought it was this... Uh, I thought it was a clogged saliva gland. Yeah. Because this one over here gets clogged up from time to time. I press up I press up against it. It goes squish and everything is okay. 
you know. Okay. So I just assume this one doesn't go squish. So that sent my doctor into a panic, you know, and like everything had to be done right. Then. It, it, nothing. So far, everything's okay. Okay. That's just how it ends. Hmm. Okay. So no official diagnosis. No. It's it, it's a lump that happens. It, it it's it's like a, like a Wharton tumor, which is like benign, and they don't really have to do anything about it. So. Okay. Okay. So it's well, I know how you feel because ever since I started on hormone replacement therapy, I've suddenly had these two lumps right here. Yeah. Um, and I've been hoping that these lumps would help us with the podcast views and it has we went from one viewer to two yeah so we are rocking to the top move over taylor swift yeah you know hope on film podcast coming at you so i'm on a world tour buddy but maybe we would get popular if you started started dating a football player oh shit okay I need to start throwing footballs at my wife. That's what you're saying. You start throwing footballs at my wife and at Becca and uh, maybe David just to be on the safe side. Just I'm going to start throwing footballs at anyone I find attractive. I'm just going to get a bag, fill it with footballs. It's like, whoa. But I I think this being Pope on film... You may actually have to start dating like like a ping pong player. Yeah, you know, that's, uh, that's more that's more in in the in the realm of a pope on film sport. Yeah, I'll, I'll start dating one of the marbles from that uh, marble YouTube channel that just does marble races. What? There's a YouTube channel that just does marble races and there's different marbles and they make these marble tracks and it i i hate to admit how many times i've gotten high and just watched marble racing on youtube it's an actual thing okay worth a google it's weird um so i'm on a tour well, well i have found also on youtube full contact competitive juggling Nice, nice. I'm down with that. Oh, there's also uh, you, um, you, you. Everybody on the field is juggling those. I think they call them the Indian pins. I'm not sure, like the bowling pin kind of thing. I believe they're called proud Native American pins, bunny. And you have to get to the other end of the field (laughs) while other jugglers are trying to bump into you to make you drop your pins. That's so fucking awesome. I have started watching on YouTube um, competitive team tag. Really? Yeah, and they set up these like courses and people are like parkouring through these courses trying to avoid being tagged. It's fucking intense. We're living in the future, bunny. (laughs) We're living in the future. So I'm on tour now. Yes, you are. 
officially story time with may lynn live on tour a one former man show brought to you in part by spite yeah because my family's a bunch of bagels so uh so i'm on a world tour it's a world tour of just three u.s states uh, I'll be performing in Oklahoma. But in each state, you will Tennessee. stop and look at a globe. Yes. 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 Or at least something circular. So that qualifies. Yeah. So I'll be I'll be performing in Oklahoma, in Tennessee, and in Louisiana. And I'm also uh, I've got some I've got ten shows booked so far for the year, but I have some more along the pipeline yeah. last year i performed at a three-day festival in downtown oklahoma city called pride fest and uh the president of oklahoma pride alliance those are the people that run pride fest they have said that they can't wait for me to audition again so i can they said that they're sure that they can find a spot for me so uh i'll be going back there again more than likely I haven't announced that because it's not official. I, they still want me to audition and all that. Uh, and also, uh, my wife and I went to a concert. Yes. Uh, and it was Dr. Pants, who is amazing. I fucking love Dr. Pants. He's like a local Gen X Frank Zappa. Okay. And I his his music is amazing and I saw him in concert and we went to the concert because it was at Point A which is the new uh awesome venue on 39th Street right off of Route 66 in Oklahoma City where I will be doing my one woman show next month on March 9th. And so we went there we saw Dr. Pants and and uh Point A is really excited for me to do story times with them. I already, I'm going to be performing there. So far, I've got like four shows at Point A, but I haven't officially said this out loud. Point A wants me to do a regular story time there once a month. And I am super freaking excited. It's a 420 friendly venue. Yeah. So I'm really exciting. I'm really excited for that. I'm also going to be applying to possibly to be a performer at Phoenix, Arizona's Pride Fest, but only out of spite. Okay. This is my this 2024 is my spite tour. I have lost a lot of uh, friends and family members over the past few months. We've been talking about this regularly at the opening of the show. My father died. My brother decided that he was going to be my father and disown me from the family. And I haven't heard from my mom or my brother or my 12 aunts and uncles or my 3,000 fucking Hispanic cousins and nephews because I come from a family where we uh, ignore the problems and hope that they go away on their own. But I am trying as hard as possible to make 2024 as successful as 2023 even more successful solely out of spite and it makes me feel better i did a show last night at angles okc it is a two-story massive lgbt nightclub 
on 39th Street, right off of the Route 66. Oh. And you walk in, and it's massive, and there are these massive TV screens. And then there are two bars on the main level, and then there's an exclusive VIP bar on the upper level. And there's a stage, and there's lasers and spotlights, and and it's incredible. And then I just... And then, like, I'm walking into the lobby, and there's a just a big ass picture of me, because eh. I'm there to read two fucking kids' books. You know how weird is that? Yeah, that was amazing. So I did that last night. I was really proud. I threw in a joke about my older brother Joe, who's a piece of shit. Yeah, and I'm really proud about that. I said, uh, I am a storyteller. I have brought some kids' books here, and I am going to be treating each and every one of you like you are a fucking preschooler. To be clear, though, I'm not changing any diapers. I'm not shaming anyone who's into diaper play. I'm just really not into that. You should track down my brother, Joe. He is really into diaper play. I would like to repeat that. My older brother, Joe, is really into diaper play. <laughs> I'm just kidding. My brother's not into diaper play. He's just a fucking asshole. Damn it. And I was really proud of that. Damn it, Warner. So, and then, um, they were going to have me do three sets, but because it was such a packed show, they said, okay, well, uh, you're, if you're going to do three sets, you're going to have about five minutes for each set. And I said, I might need a little bit more because once I get a microphone in my hand, I start to fucking ramble. So I only did two sets, one in the beginning and one in the end. And so that way I was able to have bigger times on stage. And so right before I went on stage for my last uh, set, I took a big ass out of it, right? Yeah. So I'm on the stage, I'm on the dance floor, and I'm I'm doing my bit. I'm dressed in my sexiest outfit, and I'm, I'm doing a story time for a bunch of uh, drunk uh, gays. And then after that, I go back, and my wife's there with me, and we're hanging out. We do bows at the end, and I'm, you know, I making money because i'm a professional storyteller now and i'm yeah. making money and and people are thanking me and everything and on my way out like three people from the drag show that i had just performed in are sitting outside of the venue smoking a huge ass fucking joint and they say like hey do you want some of this it's some strong shit go for it and i'm like sure i will and i start smoking with them Next thing you know, I'm standing out there for like 15, 20 minutes smoking a joint in freezing weather, just talking to them. And, and the drag community is so amazing. And I've been learning so much about the drag community because like there are drag queens who are men dressed up as women. Then there are drag kings, women who dress up as men. And then there's AFABs assigned female at birth, assigned fabulous at birth, and those are cis men and cis women who perform as men and women. And so it's really interesting to be like backstage in the dressing room at like a drag show. And here's like a trans woman. Here's a trans man. Here's just two naked as women. And, and we're all just singing songs and talking shit. And it's so much fun. And it's so weird that like, I'm becoming a member of this community. You know, that's really weird to me. Yeah. The, the people there were fucking bored. 
gorgeous. They were absolutely gorgeous. And I had so much fun. It always feels weird for me to perform. This is like, what, my third, fourth drag show yeah. that I've performed at. And it's, it's always so weird for me because here are these incredibly talented people, these amazing, talented people. And then here's my broke stay-at-home mom ass yeah. with two kids once. You know, it's like uh, every time I do a, a drag show, it's like Sesame Street. One of these things is not like the other. But it, it, it was really nice and it was crazy. And you locked up. Okay, you locked up. You locked up good. Hi, everybody. It's me, Dabney, the fucking alien. We're having some technical difficulties. We're working on it. Leave me alone, please. We'll be right back, man. Everybody, it's me, Mr. Steve. Well, it's Thursday. How's your Thursday doing? It's totally Thursday and not Saturday after my Raising Little Leader story time, and I'm going through a story time marathon to make my week easier. Look, I'm in a different outfit. Anyway, today's video is a strange one. If you are familiar with this channel, you know I make a lot of references to pop culture and I use a lot of little clips here and there. And so this is a short compilation of some of my favorite clips that I use during storytime videos. Some of them you may have seen before in other videos. Some of them you may have seen a bunch of times in other videos. But it's a fun little video that you'd enjoy. Woo! I'm Michael Jordan. Stop it. Some help. Life uh, finds a way. 
Imagination. Not funny. Thank you for being a friend. Travel down the road and back again. Mr. Steve is recording this theme song so he doesn't get a copyright strike. And if you throw a party, invited everyone you knew. Oh, wow. You would see the biggest gift would be for me. And the card attached would say, be sure to like and subscribe. Hi, it's Vince with ShamWow. You'll be saying wow every time you use this towel. Foreshadowing. Foreshadowing happens when clues in the story hint at future events. Roll the cheese! Advising lawmakers, I can see he had. Would you like to see my dog? Come here, Fido Spot. Bark, bark, woof. I am dog. Bring me bone. Only bone shall sustain me. Sam, I am. Would you like green eggs and ham? Would you like them over there? Or would you like them over here? Would you eat them in a box? Would you eat them with a fox? Would you like them in a house? Would you like them with a mouse? You may like them, you will see You may like them in a tree Would you, could you with a goat? Would you, could you in a boat? I could not like them 
those green eggs and ham. I cannot stand them, Mr. Sam I am. Would you, could you in a car? Eat them, eat them, here they are. How about in the rain, in the dark, or on a train? are falling on my head Just like the guy whose feet are too big for his bed Nothing seems to fit Those raindrops are falling on my head They keep falling So I just did some talking to the sun I said I didn't like the way he got things done Sleeping on the job Those raindrops are falling on my head They keep falling But there's one thing I know The blues they sent to me won't defeat me. It won't be long till happiness steps up to greet me. Raindrops are falling on my head. That doesn't mean my eyes will soon be turning red. Clients not for me because I'm never gonna stop the rain by complaining because I'm free. I know it's Now, by my mother's son, that's myself, it shall be moon or star 
or anything I list. Can we journey back to your father's? Go on, get the horse. There's seriously something wrong. toll-free 1-800-421-2000. Or, to save all additional charges, send check or money order for only $12.98 for two albums or two cassettes, or $19.98 for two compact discs to Zomphir, P.O. Box 8449, Atlanta, Georgia. Remember, that's Zomphir, P.O. Box 8449, Atlanta, Georgia. Live fast. Die young, leave a good-looking corpse. You just make sure you come back next week. taxi driver that ever went straight where I told it to. Oscar! Will someone please stop that woman from yelling Oscar? Oscar! Thank you. <laughs> this is hell's a poppin'. <laughs> this is funny. 
For three years, we did Hell's a Poppin' on Broadway, and that's the way we want it on the screen. This is Hollywood. We change everything here. We got to. Why? Okay, Cardi. <laughs> What's this? I made it for Woody, Act Three, when they make him a knight. I know, but what are these for? Coat of arms. We need to get out of those smocks. Take them off, you imbeciles. Look, Rasputin. Shorty the butler gave us this room. So don't you think you're making a mistake? Ah! Hereafter, I'll answer my own questions. There's a picket fence of moonlight bars And a shingle roof of April stars And shelves of spring in crystal jars It's heaven for two Watch the birdie, we'll take a can of camera shot. Watch the birdie, come on and give it all you've got. Watch the birdie, just look around and pick a spot and hold it. I'm hungry for you, so do not pretend now, Peppy, now, stop. Tonight now, is ours, Peppy. and it shall live forever because you're a woman and I'm a man. I'm a man and a woman. <laughs> look, Peppy, I'm warning you, get out of here. Such passion together will make beautiful Storytime with Mei Lin, a one-of-a-kind, hyperactive and interactive blend of adult stand-up comedy and children's storytime because you're never too old for a good story. Mei Lin is going on tour in 2024 and after much deliberation, they have chosen the following wildly original name for their tour, Storytime with Mei Lin on tour, a one former man show. Brought to you in part by Spite. Don't miss your chance to see her on tour before Republicans ban her, just like they're busy banning all history books and, for that matter, books books. For more information on Mei Lin, like, I don't know, try Google maybe, or Bing if you're a weirdo. Hey, is Ask Jeeves still a thing? Probably not. Oh well. Storytime with Mei Lin. And we're back!
with more of the Pope on Film. It's time, buddy! It is time. Yes, buddy, my friend, it is time once again for all of us here at the Pope on Film podcast to hop, skip, and jump into the second half of the show. And it is said second half, wherein we finally and eventually get around to discussing our all-new extra strength movie of the week. And this week, we discuss one of the strangest movies we have ever discussed, the 1941 meta-musical Hell's a-Poppin', yes. starring Olsen and Johnson. The hell's a poppin' boys. Did you see the, the MST thing that I sent you? No, I didn't. Oh, you didn't? Okay, well, uh, skip to the end. Um, So I used to be really into Mystery Science Theater. Yeah. 3000. And, it, of course, not only did I love Mystery Science Theater, I also loved Joel. I feel that Joel was the best yeah. Mystery Science Theatering person that was out there so anyway mystery the reason why i chose this movie to discuss on the podcast mystery science theater season four episode 19 the film is the rebel set but before the movie they watch a short entitled johnny at the fair and it's the one where the little kid gets lost at the world's fair yeah or state fair or whatever and he gets into all of these shenanigans oh he's meeting the mayor oh here's a legendary canadian figure skater what now johnny has the best seat in the house sitting on the lap of undefeated world heavyweight champion joe lewis uh oh and then he like johnny can't find his parents he's on the step somewhere crying and then oh who comes to cheer up johnny why it's olsen and J Johnson, the hell's a poppin' boys. Yeah. And there's a, and, and they start doing their like vaudevillian shtick, being all shticky. Yeah. And there is one small part where Olsen and Johnson seem to fucking rough up the kid a little bit. Yeah. And, and they like grab the kid's arm and they're like pulling him. And it's like, damn, I don't know who the fuck. Olsen and Johnson, the hell's a poppin' boys are, but I'm gonna have to remember that. And I, 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 I saw that Mystery Science Theater short so much, it was released in one of their VHS tapes of just Mystery Science Theater shorts. Yeah. And I watched that short so much that decades later, I'm in my 40s, and I'm looking for free movies, bizarre free movies, to watch for the podcast on YouTube. And I see a film called Hell's a Poppin' and my geeky brain went, oh, Olsen and Johnson? The Hell's a Poppin' boys? They cheered up Johnny when he got lost. Yeah. So I'm like, I'll just put this on a list of free YouTube movies that maybe we could do one of these years, decades, whatever. Yeah. And then finally, I just went, oh, you know what? The last movie we saw was... Fucking a disturbance in the force, and that was fine, but it was new. So we need to watch an older film. What's the oldest film that we have? And that was Olsen and Johnson, the hell's a poppin' boys. Yeah. And so I just said, Oh, this will be fun to finally figure out who Olsen and Johnson, the hell's a poppin' boys is. I had no 
fucking idea how crazy ass this movie was. This is insane. And along with that, fucking I also insane. think that there's a lot of shit that was going over our heads because, because was, we weren't in it, the time. It was topical then, yes. Yeah. There's one scene, I think it's when Martha Ray is singing Watch the Birdie and she's going through the crowd and she stops and she sees two people and then she just keeps walking. As far as I can tell, those two people were a famous comedy duo. Yeah. That just make a, a wordless cameo in this movie. And it just flew over our head. So yeah, there's a lot of things that are but flowing. But would have been huge at the time, yeah. 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 Like, I mean, I, I thought of that, like, toward the beginning where uh, one of them bumped up into bumped up into the sled and it was Rosebud. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, okay, so that was really topical at the time. Now, if that movie had not become a huge success, we would have no idea what that meant. Yeah. True. Very true. And I am tempted to walk to look up Man Walks with Plant asking for Mrs. Johnson. Yeah, I thought that was something. I yeah. thought that was something. But uh yeah, no, this is a wacky ass movie. It's like uh the Marx brothers if they did cocaine. Yeah. And really got I mean, I mean they they really got experimental with what a film comedy could be. Yeah. And and like and fucking it, it's, meta as hell. Yeah, it seemed way ahead of its time because like so many movies and TV shows and cartoons and video games break the fourth wall. But this movie was doing all that shit back in 1941. Yeah. You know? This is an insane ass movie just wall-to-wall crazy gags and uh, some of them that are funny some of them that are groaning i really liked when either olsen or johnson picked up the phone and they were talking to someone oh that's good oh that's bad oh that's bad oh that's good and his partner's like what are you doing what are you doing what are you doing oh that's bad oh that's good what are you doing i'm helping her pick strawberries Oh, I fucking loved that. That was so fucking dumb. And I had a smile on my face yeah. bigger than Martha Ray's. Before I get to Martha Ray, um, do you remember that one fucking Daffy Duck cartoon? Yes. Where he realizes he's a cartoon? Yes. Um, That came out 12 years ago. After Hell's a Poppin. Really? Yeah. And and they and they do that that shot in this movie in 1941. They do that shot where uh fucking Shep Howard. Yeah. Shep fucks with the pro- Yeah, fucks with the projector. So now there's two screen there's two uh film cells yeah. on the same screen. And one guy up here is talking to the two other characters down here. And it's like, shit, I thought Daffy Duck invented that. Yeah, no. In the cartoon, in the 1953 cartoon Duck then, Amuck. No, then, it was fucking Olsen people, and Johnson, the hell's a popping boys. Yeah. But then they start, like, pushing up 
the people in the movie start pushing up on the top of the frame yeah. to get it straightened out. <laughs> yeah, and that's also some Daffy Duck shit he did in that cartoon. I was shocked to find out that my favorite cartoon from my childhood was a ripoff of some fucking musical no one has heard of. No. No one knows who Olsen and Johnson the hells of Poppin' Boys are. I kind of figured out why. We'll get to that later. Um, but the cast is crazy. There's Olsen and Johnson, who I've never fucking heard of. There's the guy who plays the lawyer slash magician. He's a lawyer magician. Yeah. Fucking. It, he was known for um, saying something funny and then going, Woo-hoo! that was his like gimmick. Yeah, And so, so many other people in the 40s and 50s and even 60s copied that from him. They made parodies of him all the time in Looney Tunes cartoons. There was a Heckle and Jekyll cartoon where they were dealing with a funny bird that was that guy. Yeah, He was like super famous. And then the screenwriter is, what's his name? The guy in the movie who who oh, I pretended don't know their names. To... you I don't just know said names. the actor's name i said the actor oh elijah cook thank you yes oh god he... yeah yeah elijah cook's in this and he owned the house on haunted hill and i love that i oh, love no, that oh man he he has been an awesome character actor forever he still might be out there somewhere i wouldn't be surprised he was in the court martial episode of the original Star Trek. He Damn. was he was a kind of an informant guy in the Night Stalker. Night Stalker. Yeah. Kolchak? Kolchak? Yes. The original Night movie. Stalker. Yeah. This is Elijah Cook we're talking about here. And then and then fucking Martha Ray. Martha Ray, who was in the Bugaloos. Martha Ray is one of those people that when I was growing up, I knew who Martha Ray was. I I didn't know why I knew Martha Ray. But she was just one of those famous people that was famous because movies and TV told me Martha Ray was famous. She was Benita Bazaar. In the Bugaboos? Yes. Sid and Marty Croft, baby. Lidsville. Was she in Lidsville? No, but like, there was, like literally Sid and Marty Croft said, oh, we need to come up with a, uh, with a idea for a kid's show. I know. Let's just take a shit ton of LSD and we'll write down whatever the fuck happens. And yeah. then they make Lidsville. Yeah. It's fucking it's 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 just like the uh Mr. Show did a parody of Sid and Marty Croft and it was the magical world of Drugachusets. Drugachusets. Yeah. But Martha Ray is one of those people. I grew up. She'd yeah. be on a talk show. She'd be on Hollywood Square. She'd be on a game show. She'd be on a rerun of the Carol Barnett show. And of course, those Polydent commercials. Yes. But I never knew why she was famous. But here she is, and she's young, 
and she's at the top of her game and she's being super uh um hyper and running around and hoofing and singing and like uh she was quite the looker back in the day never thought i'd say that but like damn martha ray was hot you know i feel this exact same conflicting emotions every time i i every time that i see a young picture of betty white yeah because like god dang she she was beautiful back when she was born in like the 1600s yeah and like this isn't the best movie that we've watched on the podcast but man this is fucking one of the strangest and i love it 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 deserves to be known more than it is. Yes. It's innovative as fuck. It's innovative as fuck. It is bizarre. It's like a 1941 attempt at making a live action family guy episode. Yeah. You know how they have those non sequiturs like, huh, this is worse than that time I decided to go to bikini wax. And then suddenly you're seeing some other thing. In this film, Martha Ray is picked up by Frankenstein and thrown through a theater onto a bear riding a unicycle. How can you beat that? How can you beat that's a scene in this film? Well, well, who was the guy that they were telling had to leave the movie? Stinky. Stinky. I I I I posted the picture on on my freaking Facebook. Uh, oh, there it is. Thank you, Jeannie. Attention, please. If Stinky Miller is in the audience, go home. Yes. Stinky Miller. And the, but then it's they crazy. kept doing it. But then they kept doing it until somebody from the audience got up and left. Yeah. It's some crazy ass shit. Olsen and Johnson, they were ahead of their time. The Hell's a Poppin' Boys. I finally figured out who Olsen and Johnson, the Hell's a Poppin' Boys is from yeah. Mystery Science Theater Season 4, Episode 19, short entitled Johnny at the Fair. I'm so excited that I uh, knew Mystery Science Theater enough to track this down and watch it because it was fucking amazing. <laughs> and I loved it. Also, this is the second appearance of Martha Ray. When was her first? On this podcast. This is her second appearance. Yes. When was her this first? is the second time in which she has appeared in the podcast. But you wouldn't know that, would you? Would you, Bunny? You wouldn't. Not after this many podcasts, no. No, you wouldn't. And I'll tell you why you wouldn't. You wouldn't. Because you didn't have the guts, the the intestinal fortitude to watch all of Pippin. Oh. Martha Ray is Pippin's grandmother. And she has one song. And at one point they try to stop her and she says, she says like in a very Martha Ray way, still don't interrupt me. I only have one song in this musical. And then she continues singing the song. It's fucking beautiful. Did, did we actually do Pippin for the show? I know we talked. It was about homework. It. Was it Back homework? when we were doing homework, and you could not get through Pippin, and that hurt my feelings. Yeah, no. 
I yeah. remember I remember having watched part of Pippin. And then giving up. Yeah. So you yeah. got a zero for yeah. that episode because it was homework. My my dog ate it. You're getting a you're getting a a B in yeah. podcasting. You could have been getting an A, but you decided not to turn in your homework for Pippin. And now here we are doing Martha Ray again. And you're like, Martha Ray, I'm so confused. When did she appear? It hurts, Bunny. It hurts. <laughs> Bunny. Yes. So I do remember that you didn't see Pippin, and I'm still really pissed about it. Like, <laughs> so much later in our podcast history, but I'm still pissed off about it. Bunny, this, what I'm about to ask you, yes. may very well be the hardest thing you have ever had to do on this podcast. Okay. Harder than the time you juggled those midgets. Harder than the time that you saved those burning buildings from all those orphans. Yes. Harder than the time that you fought Butterbean live on the podcast. Yeah. Can you hit us with the plot of Elzebubbin? Okay. Well, I'm first just there's, back. there's an A plot and a B plot. Okay? okay. So first, the A plot. There hold on, no, I just want to take there the... Was hold no, on, hold there on. was no A-plot. There was no okay. actual plot for the A-plot. Yeah, I the just want to start B off plot. by saying that the movie starts with what seems to be a Broadway version of Hawk Song. Yeah, uh-huh. And it's weird. But then it gets weird. Yeah. The B-plot was a, a, a kind of jammed in there romance sort of a thing where if this play is a hit, this guy's going to marry the girl that they didn't want him to marry, so they tried to do everything they could to fuck up the play. Very yeah. producers-esque. Yes. <clears throat> That's it. <laughs> But it's like a play within a movie, and then it's a play within a movie within a movie based on a play. Yes. Hell's a poppin'. Oh, Satan's on a tear. Now hell's a poppin'. Yep. So let me tell you and about... the whole opening credits, there are angels falling from heaven into hell. No, it's not angels falling into heaven, into hell, because this is based on a Broadway play. So the way that I saw that introduction, first, here's Shep Howard as a projectionist. No, no, I meant literally during the credits. No, no, no. This is how I see it. I see it as this is the beautiful, because this is based on a successful Broadway show. So here is the Broadway dancers coming down this beautiful golden staircase. And it's beautiful. And then the staircase goes into a turns into a slide, and all the dancers go into hell where they are tortured. Yes. By what I can tell, what what I can only assume is 
the carnival gang from the second Batman movie. Yes. It's fucking weird and bizarre, and I absolutely love it. And so I had to figure out, like, how the fuck did this film get made? And so in order to do that... But basically, hell was was like middle-aged male homoerotica. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's incredible. It's available for free on YouTube. And those of you who are watching this, those of you who are listening to it, it's like an hour and 20 minutes. It's a musical. It's called Hell's a Pop, and you should go see it. Trust us, it's fucking good. Jesus, get a pair of underwear that covers your entire ass. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And just so many little tiny bizarre gags. The one guy getting tortured. I can't stand it. I can't stand it. And then he just wins tic-tac-toe on a horse's ass. That's a scene in this movie from 1941. Yeah. Fucking weird ass film. So this is how the film got made, and this is why we don't know Olsen and Johnson. And in order to tell this story, I have to talk to you about two things. You're going to be confused about the math here, but we are going to be talking about two things. Abbott and Costello. Okay. That's one thing. That that actually just ran a chill up my spine. Okay. No, but here's the thing. Fuck Lou Costello was. It's it's two it's two people, but since they're a duo, that counts as one thing. Yeah. Okay. So Abbott and Costello is one, and then the second thing is two thousand orphans. Okay. Two thousand orphans also count as one thing. So an one Abbott and one Costello and two thousand orphans equal two things. Because 2,000 orphans, that's one thing. And then Abbott and Costello was another. So I will be reading a lot of this from our podcast's secret savior, Wikipedia. Uh, it's a website. I, I don't know if a lot of them So this is from the Hells of Poppin uh, Wikipedia page. Elsa Poppin had its premiere at the Rivoli Theater in New York City on Christmas Day, 1941. The first performance at 10 a.m. was for 2,000 orphans. Okay. And a second showing was held at 2 p.m. for 2,000 soldiers and sailors with the official premiere on Christmas Day in the evening. The Rivoli run was relative. Then, huh? For two thousand of what? Then we did orphans. Yeah, we did soldiers and sailors. But then, when it really opened on Christmas Day, it has to be two thousand of something. Just two thousand. I don't know, but I imagine that if I die and end up in hell. Yeah, I will be so in a movie theater surrounded by two thousand fucking orphans. <laughs> that will be my Sisyphus pushing a boulder up a hill. Yeah. I cannot think of anything worse than that. Yeah, 
That is my fucking kryptonite. I can't imagine being in a theater with 2,000 orphans. And they are all, all the Oliver Twist type. In my, it's, this is really weird, but in my mind, they're like tiny Mickey Mouses. Like every once in a while, they do a Mickey Mouse cartoon where there's all of these little kids that look like Mickey Mouse and they're all in an orphanage and like they're all trying to entertain them or take care of them or something. In my mind, the 2000 orphans are tiny Mickey Mouses. Okay. Which might sound weird, but. 2,000 Orphans is also the name of my 10,000 Maniacs cover band. <laughs> so, 2,000 Orphans, be sure and check us out on tour. Oddly, the Rivoli, oddly, it's the name of my new cookbook. Nice, 2,000 Orphans. Yeah, what, this is what you can do if you have 2,000 Orphans. What you can make in the oven if you have 2,000 Orphans lying around. The house. So... The Rivoli run was relatively short, indicating a flop. So the movie didn't show at the Rivoli Theater in New York City for often. But columnist Gilbert Fraunhar Fraunhar, explained that the Rivoli Theater was near the Winter Garden Theater, which was where they were showing the Broadway musical Hell's a Poppin'. Uh And so hundreds of thousands of New Yorkers passing the Rivoli were confused and thought that they were passing the Winter Garden, and so many of them actually saw the play live and therefore passed up the theater showing the movie, thinking that it was the other theater showing the play. Okay. Fucking nice. Okay. The Rivoli engagement, nonwithstanding, Hell's a Popping, Hell's a Poppin' became a smash hit. It was Universal's top box office attraction at the time, surpassing Abbott and Costello. Okay. Quote from uh, another quote from columnist Gilbert Fraunhar. Quote, Universal executives admit that Hell's a Poppin' is outgrossing Abbott and Costello's films. And when a Universal exec makes an admission like that, the picture has to be doing terrific business. More specifically, Hell's a pop in 10 minutes in the bunch of openings it has had to date has outgrossed every Abbott and Costello film we are told. So so that got me confused, right? Because it's like, oh, okay. So uh, Abbott and Costello, they were huge. Like 1941. Holy shit. They were like they were like. They were like a fat drug addicted Taylor Swift. Yeah. You know, like they were huge. So it's like, okay, well, then how come I don't know fucking Olsen and Johnson? So I had to dig deeper. So what I found was there's a Wikipedia page for Hell's a Pop in the movie. And there's a Wikipedia page for Hell's a Pop in the play. And there's a Wikipedia page for Olsen. And there's a Wikipedia page in, from, for Johnson. And so this is uh, the Wikipedia page for either Olsen or Johnson. Um. Olsen and Johnson's greatest triumph was as the stars and producers of Hell's a Poppin', a zany Broadway review which opened at the 46th Street Street Theater on September 22nd, 1938, and ran for a record 1,404 performances. Now, what made this such a smash hit on Broadway was they would be doing all of these gags 
two people in the audience and like two thirds of them were plants. So like at one point they decide to just get off of the stage and have a raffle and oh who is sitting on seat 1248 oh you win you get a special prize and so one winner of a so-called raffle had a block of ice plant placed in his lap okay as well as indignities inflicted on actual paying customers so the play was breaking the fourth wall and there were plants in the audience that they were fucking with and also regular people that they would sometimes fuck with. The play became a smash hit despite a lukewarm critical reception. Uh, Hell's a Poppin' was followed by two other smash Broadway hits, Sons O' Fun in 1941 and Laughing Room Only in 1944. Hell's a Poppin' was translated into a film released in 1941. Olsen and Johnson used the film as an opportunity to satirize Hollywood, as well as some impressive riffs on filmmaking conventions. The picture, a movie within a movie within a play within a movie, foreshadowed a future style of comedy that would find its way into the films of Who Framed Roger Rabbit, Mel Brooks, and TV's Mystery Science Theater 3000. Yes. The film also was is also known for having what many consider to be the finest example of swing dancing ever put on film, performed by Whitney's Lindy Hoppers, here billed as the Harlem Congaroo Dancers. Yeah. So uh, this film was followed by Crazy Horse, which didn't do good, and Ghost Catchers, which also didn't do that good. After their final starring movie, See My Lawyer, released in 1945, the team tried but failed to make its mark on television with the Fireball Fun for All, a summer replacement on TV for Texaco Star Theater starring Milton Berle. Then they attempted to make a comeback with one last Broadway review, Pardon Our French, but the show failed to catch fire and they entered semi-retirement. With the advent of Las Vegas as a gambling and entertaining mecca, the team was able to find steady work until Johnson became too ill to perform. Chick Johnson died of kidney failure in 1962 in Vegas. He was buried in March of 1962 and eventually joined in an adjacent plot by Ole Olson in Palm Desert Memorial Cemetery in Las Vegas. So at one point in time, Olson and Johnson were bigger than fucking Abbott and Costello. But Abbott and Costello stuck around while they were never able to fully match the popularity of Hell's a Pop. And and now people have no idea who the fuck Olsen and Johnson are, but they should because this movie's fucking amazing. But but have you ever met anybody actually named Chick? No. No, I've met some razors named Chick. Oh no, those are sheep. But it does seem like it was kind of a popular name back then. Chick, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So what the fuck happened? Was there a chick back there somewhere? Some chick that just fucked it up for all the rest of the chicks? I guess so, yeah. Like, I don't want to be a chick no more. That chick's a douchebag. Oh, shit, it's snowing outside. It's snowing. Fucking hooray. I'm from Phoenix. This weather pisses the shit out of me. Yeah. So, so, a high uh, so recommend that's, anyway. Yeah. 
highly recommend. It's fucking crazy. And like I was high when I was watching it, and it's like, holy shit, am I imagining all of this? Because yeah. this is crazy. It really is ahead of its time, 1941, but damn, this is some contextualized meta breaking the fourth wall fucking shit. Yeah. It is incredible. It's free on YouTube. Go watch it. Mrs. Uh, Johnson. Mrs. Olsen Johnson. and Johnson, the hell's a poppin' boys. And if you want to see them rough up a small child, just check out Mystery Science Theater Season 4, Episode 19. The film is entitled The Rebel Set, and the short is called Johnny at the Fair, featuring Joe Lewis and Olsen and Johnson. The hell's a poppin' boys. <laughs> so that's it for this episode. It's yes. been a fun episode. Thank you for checking. Boost viewers for free at dogehype.com. Fucking, I can't believe that uh, people are still trying to do like crypto, like it's a thing. Yeah. Like anybody gives a shit about that anymore, you know? Well, they're trying but, to dump theirs now. Yeah. But, um, thank you for watching. Here's my boobs. And Next week, we're going to be having a great Jeff. It's going to be episode 473. Next week, I will be bringing back half. Okay. Historical approximations next week. We're going to do this. Okay. It's going to be fun. You're going to like it. And then our movie, since we did a movie from 1941. Right. I thought, well, let's try and go back into the present. So, there is one movie that I hate so much that I love. Okay. And that is the fairly newish film from SNL's Please Don't Destroy. Okay. And the movie is entitled Please Don't Destroy The Legend of Foggy Mountain, which was the 2023 winner of the most us movie of the year. Okay. And it, it's already on the cuff cuff and it's 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 a stupid ass movie and I love it. And I can't wait to watch it and talk with you about it because I love this film. I have never heard of this one. Nobody has. Okay. Nobody has seen this. Right now the only people who have seen this is Please Don't Destroy uh the kid who sang Never Ending the Never Ending Story theme in Stranger Things, Conan O'Brien and me. Yeah, and after that, you will join our our exclusive group. This is an amazing movie. So that's so that's next week. But before, but that's next week. But now that I look back at this week, the highs, the lows, the ups, the downs. Um, Martha Ray, Olsen and Johnson, the hell's a poppin' boys. My world tour. My brothers into diaper play. I gotta say, I think this has been a very good episode. This has been a damn good episode. Okay, good. I felt the same way. I, I, I'm in agreement with what you said. I felt that before you even said it, but I didn't want to, you know, step on your toes. I feel you're the one who makes that distinction. But yes, I concur with your assessment. Good, sir. So until next week, I am Bunny Williams. And I am Reverend Maylin, and on behalf of Jeannie uh, and uh, Joe Lewis, Olsen and Johnson, Martha Ray, 
Q and the rest of our wacky cast of characters. I just want to say thanks for listening, and we will see you next week, you godless heathens. Really say it loud. Thank you. Okay, now it's time for the Pope on Film Halftime Spectacular featuring Usher. Do 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 do